Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so excited to introduce to you my friend, Susan Anderson. Let me tell you a story about Susan. She and I taught school together, what, one year? Two years? Yes. Not very long. Years ago, and she was married to Darlene Glenn, and we always went over to her house, and we loved her. And then uh, they moved out of state. And um, maybe the next time I saw her, I don't know, maybe 10 years later, maybe once or twice in between, but maybe the next time I saw her was many years ago. I got married late. You probably know this if you've heard me at all at age 35 and I was sitting, standing in the uh, lobby of the church waiting for them to open the doors for me to walk down the aisle. Finally, 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 my mother was going, yes, finally, finally, finally. And I looked through those little windows, postcard size windows through the, through the uh, doors and there was Susan Anderson turning, she was sitting towards the back and she turned around and waved and I was like floored. She came all the way from Washington State for my wedding. And oh my goodness, you are just going to love her. So I'll stop talking. Susan, tell us a little bit about your family and what you like to do and how you serve God. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So a little bit about my family. I've been married 46 years. To oh my gosh. Glenn. You must be old. To that darling Glenn that you mentioned. Yes. <laughs> I was 12 when I got married. Ah, of course. <laughs> um, we have four sons who are now all adults. Three are married, and they have blessed us with seven grandchildren. Hmm. So uh, right now, at this point in my life, um, a lot of time is actually taken up with family. Uh, and that's been really fun because I don't feel like I'm constantly having to balance things as much. But um, as far as, here's a quick rundown met you when I was teaching high school. I had taught elementary and junior high before that. And then um, having kids, I, I'm not a person who could do both of those things at the same time. So mm -hmm. I began volunteering in the schools, uh, which took me to being the volunteer coordinator at the elementary school where our boys attended, which took me about 15 years later to um, Russia to wow. teach a class at a university in Kazan on volunteering and wow. how you set up a volunteer program, how do you work with volunteers, wow. uh, who would have known that God would stretch that time of volunteering to use that like that. How long were you there in Russia? Um, I made two trips in there twice. Okay. And did you go by yourself or with a team? No, I went with a team. Okay. I went with a team and uh, we were teaching a, a newly formed psychology, actually it was a sociology department that was newly formed within that university. Hmm. When communism fell, they had to take over social services and they did not know how to do that. Hmm. So I went with a team, but um, yeah, so my first love though has always been teaching Bible classes. So God has allowed me to continue doing that the whole time the boys were growing up um, in various capacities. And then 10 years ago, 
I took a class in how to teach English to second language learners, not knowing, not knowing what I would even do with it. But I had the opportunity and I thought, wow, that sounds like fun. Why did you choose that? Because I would never do that. I know a little bit about ESL, but not enough to want to jump in. So you just went in saying this would be fun or did you really think you'd be good at it just because you're a teacher or are you like foreigners or what? Uh, you know, that's really funny because we were literally sitting in church one Sunday morning and we had a missionary speaker talking about how they needed people to teach ESL. And it was just, I had, I had been a few trips into um, both Russia and Moldova teaching Bible. And my husband was the one that hit me, hit me, and he says, there you go. Huh. That, that was the farthest thing from my mind was going to another country to teach English. Hmm. Um, but within, literally within a month of that happening in the church pew, um, I had the opportunity to take a class that would be convenient and close by and in specifically teaching ESL, getting a certificate to do it. And was it for a Christian organization or just a regular ESL certification? It was a regular ESL certification mm -hmm. through um, a Seattle school, through a this, Seattle junior I just, college. I just want to add this uh, little point here for those of us who are older listening, um, that God will change our career path at any age. I'm not going to ask yes. how, how old you were 10 years ago, but... Um, and that we get so much delight out of being so flexible in God's hands. And also for the younger people thinking, oh, am I going to be a teacher the rest of my life? Or I'm going to be this? No, you're not. God changes our path as long as we're listening and seeking, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. And, and the most fun, adventurous things, <laughs> if you're inclined to do that. I mean, look yeah. at you, went to South America to teach. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, but still, if you're, if we're open, God never quits using us. Mm -hmm. So, okay. The most fun thing, and then I'll stop. The most fun thing though, with the ESL was that, um, within a year of me taking that certification, um, I had a friend call and say, what are you doing on Tuesday nights? And I said, nothing. She says, I need you to teach uh, ESL with me at the Tacoma mosque. Wow. And so we, for three years, we taught Arabic women English right inside the mosque. And she is a pastor's wife. So you can imagine how this class would, was bathed in prayer. Hmm. And out of that has grown some wonderful, wonderful relationships with some Arabic speaking women here. We taught Arabic women for eight years, not only three in the mosque and then uh, five in another classroom. And then now we have a full-fledged English as a second language program at her church. We teach an adult class on Monday mornings hmm. and, and we have a YouTube channel called Better English in Tacoma. <laughs> and are you and on that I, YouTube? Are you on that? That's my plug. No, but I do a lot of the background stuff and yeah. the, the research and stuff for what we're teaching. So and does she, do you both, how, are, how does God use that uh, very quietly or uh, do you do end runs? You talk about the gospel at all or what? You just you make know, friends. We are very transparent because it is, because the class is now held in the church. Um, we, they, people know coming in that yeah. I'll tell you, we have people 
uh, who are not believers that attend and we don't avoid the gospel message by any means yeah but we are they they come to learn english and to speak english better and we may use biblical truths as foundation mm -hmm. for a lesson that we teach but it's been mostly um through through partnering with these people and just loving them through jesus i mean it, it's just the most amazing thing it's so much fun i was going to ask you why is it so much fun um it is so much fun because it is God still using us very actively. It is fun because he brings the world to our doorstep and the things that I have learned about other countries and other people, um, things that I've experienced. Oh my goodness, you should be there on Monday mornings when we have potluck. <laughs> Food from around the world is pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, so it's just been great. And so would you say, moving into legacy, um, what legacy do you want to pass down to those who know you and love you? It's very interesting that I had never connected the two until you talked to me about this, that um, I think for myself, I don't have one particular thing. I have, a, I think about five words, six words that I want as a legacy. And those are the very things that I use on Monday morning and when I, and working with uh, the people from other nations. And that is laughter and respect. I want people to think of me as being a safe haven. And I want them to sense the peace and the joy I have in my life. And how do you and go about how do you go about sharing those things? Well, I think those are things you see. I think that those are things that other people see in you. Okay. Um, laughter uh, with my okay so first with my family because my you know my boys have seen me through the best and the worst of times and so what i have had to do is work at some of those areas laughter i've had to work at uh, but with working with them i have to remember that they're adults now and that there are things they're not many clones of myself or my husband <laughs> and, as much as they would be better off if they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the respect thing is I have to respect them. Hmm. Uh, we laid a foundation. As adults, they have chosen their own priorities that they want for their homes and their families. And they may have been different than mine, but I need to, I need to respect them as well. I need to acknowledge um, who they are as adults and the temperaments that God has given them and that they are different from me. And I don't mean that negatively at all. No, I just no. mean, and you know, as they've matured, um, they have adopted different things in their lives. Mm -hmm. and so we have a real good mutual respect for um, one another and, um, when did you when did you realize that respect was so key was there a time like not that you have to um tell us a specific story but was there something in your life where you said you know what i need to respect them no matter what even though they aren't clones of me and glenn and they should think, be <laughs> you know i think especially i i think part of it comes from being a classroom teacher oh. you realize it's so essential that uh, respecting uh, our kids went to a very 
multicultural, multi-ethnic elementary school and, and well, actually all the schools. And uh, just, just learning to accept the other children, knowing that they don't grow up on home like the home that we had established. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they came into our home. Um, and so I, I, I don't know that there's any one time, but I know that by the time my kids hit junior high and started to show their differing opinions, um, mm -hmm. we always had a rule. It was that you may say anything you'd like to me, but you better do it respectfully. Mm -hmm. And therefore I had to do the same thing to them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't always succeed, but God well, was great. Yeah, God. And also when I, when I don't succeed, because I still can get hot and bothered, I have to immediately ask forgiveness. And I think yes. maybe that shows the grace of God more than any Bible story I could have taught my kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, there have been times with as adults with our kids, when we have Need, felt felt maybe we needed to clear the air about some things maybe they were having struggles and we would say to them i have said to all of my sons is there anything unresolved that you have with me that needs to be addressed and wow. they have all said no praise god they have all said no but i think that's because we tried to establish that when they were younger um the, the idea of of respecting them as they are God's people. They're not mine. Mm -hmm. They are, they are the young men that God gave to my care. And so I needed to acknowledge that. So that was it. And then from the very, very beginning um, of them being raised, the idea that they could tell us anything that we would be safe. We would not talk about them to their siblings. We would not talk about them to other people if they ask us not to. And that has, that is one of the things too, honestly, that has probably been the best in my life as far as knowing that was something that a character trait God wanted to develop in me is the idea that somebody can give me a confidence or tell me something in confidence. And the only person I will share that with is God. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think it automatically builds trust. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge legacy. Yeah. So that's been my kid. My kids will say, so mom, don't, don't put this on your blog. <laughs> exactly. Say, okay. Exactly. Not that you read it, but okay. <laughs> well, not like that, but look at, look at things that people, you know, all of the social media. Mm -hmm. and so my yeah. kids know that if they say something to us, either my husband or I, that mm -hmm. it does not go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. We used to call it family talk when they were little. Oh, cute. Family talk. Mm -hmm. And family talk was never discussed with anybody else. Family talk stays in the family. That's right. So what do you do when a friend, a close friend will say, well, how's so-and-so doing in their marriage? I How do you answer this? Uh, you know, well, I would say it's none you of know, your business. No, you wouldn't say that. No, no. <laughs> that might flash through my mind. Yes. <laughs> well, um, I would probably say, you know what? They they've shared some things with me, and they're going through a tough time. Mm -hmm. um, so, if you think about her, pray pray about yeah. her. And if they if they push the issue, I'll just look at them and say, you know, just pray about it. And if God God wants you to talk to them, then you need to talk to them. 
Yeah, that's so true. I think the one thing I learned that I would never do again is I did have a friend share something with me one time and she said, don't tell your husband. Well, Glenn and I have such a great sharing friendly friendship as well as anything else. And, and we pray together and it's, that was my one time I learned I will, I will tell people I cannot do that. If I can't talk to my husband, don't tell me anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is also a source of my wisdom. Well, my husband is, has the gift of discernment and he also has the gift of confidence. Yeah, as a medical doctor. So I will tell, if someone says, don't tell anybody, I go, well, I will tell Mark. So is that okay? They go, oh yeah, we know he's a steel trap. And, yes. and Mark has also said to me, how do you find out these things about people? I go, well, I ask questions and they tell me that's the way women are. So, but really to, to safeguard our children, I think that can be a struggle. It could be a struggle for me. And I think you've been a wonderful example that the kids, the fact that your boys still share with you. I'm, I'm grateful that when my kids share something with me and when they don't, then I think, okay, that's all right. I don't, it's a need to know basis because God exactly. knows. God knows. Exactly. Oh, exactly. He's the only one who can actually do anything about our, our problems. So he's the main one to talk to. Um, I, the next question is, how are you currently passing down this legacy, a legacy of respect, legacy of peace and serenity based on God's uh, trust in God? But how are you actually passing down that legacy? Do you have any thoughts on that? How do I pass that down? <clears throat> you know what? I, I think one thing is I <laughs> I keep it at the forefront of my mind all the time, mm. all the time. And it's not something I'm thinking about as far as with just my family or my friends or on Monday mornings when I'm teaching the ESL class. Um, I want at any time, uh, so anytime we, we are anywhere, any place, anytime our bodies physically occupy space we're leaving something behind us when we leave mm -hmm. and so it doesn't matter where i am if i'm in an office if i'm talking to a receptionist if i'm at the grocery store if i am just interacting in line with another you know customer in line at the forefront of my mind is what do I want them to sense when I leave? Hmm. And it's a, it's a, I want them to know that I'm a person who knows peace and joy and laughter and that there is, um, they don't have to worry about, Oh, I, I should have never told that lady in line what I just said about my husband. <laughs> you know, uh, something like that. I think right. that, we just need to remember all the time because I'm a Christian, because I am a Christ follower. That is also always at the forefront of my mind. I don't have to tell anybody anything if they sense in me a peace and a joy and a desire to laugh. Um, they know that. And if, if asked, it automatically opens the door to talk. I um, was recently writing an article and I thought about our mission statement, which is kind of our legacy. And I thought, I don't think as believers, we need to wear a t-shirt that says I'm a believer. Our lives should show it. And 
Uh, there is, um, I don't know if it's a fine line, but sometimes I question, do I only show it? Do I ever tell who Jesus is to somebody else? You know, it's easier to think, well, I'm a good person and I give them brownies when they need it or even when they don't. So is that enough? So I think that's a, a conversation between me and God. But do you ever have those thoughts? I do. I have that thought often. And a couple of things that come to mind when you say that is one, I always ask the Holy Spirit, if I'm supposed to speak up, that he'll, he'll make that conversation possible. But I, I also always remember that Jesus said that his disciples were going to be known by their love for one another. And our world is so lacking, so lacking genuine love and joy and peace that it, I can't tell you how many times that has come up in the conversation just because I do not worry anymore. I am not fearful. I am not concerned about what is going to happen tomorrow. And it's so unusual in this day and age that people are just, it, it's kind of like they are taken aback. <laughs> That's so true. That by the fact that if I say I'm not concerned, I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Tell um, me two things uh, before I go on. You said at the very beginning of this section, keep it forefront in, of my mind. What, what define it? Oh, laughter and, and peace and joy and a safe haven. All those words. Uh, those words okay. that are respectful. Mm -hmm. I try okay. to keep those thoughts. And when you say, I'm not worried anymore, was there a time when you were worried? Oh, I was scared of my own shadow. When? I was, oh, oh, my whole life. When my whole it, life. When did it change? It changed when um, my husband, <laughs> when my husband moved me to Tacoma away from all my family, who would have been my support system. And he ended up in a job where he traveled. And I was home alone with four little boys. And he had me memorize the Bible verse, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hmm. And little by little, the more I grasped that understanding, um, and as I, as I grew older in the Lord, and the more I am a Bible teacher, I think, you know, you have to learn the lessons mm -hmm. before you um, I think that's and, the reason God has me teach the Bible because he has something to teach me. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Yes. Because we have nothing to say if we have not experienced it ourselves. That's so true. And so, yes. And so um, I, I think just all of those things combined, but it's been, I mean, it didn't happen overnight. Believe was, that was my next question. Did it take like one Bible verse memory thing to <laughs> help you not be afraid? Oh, but it was, it probably took me a good three or four or five years. And mm -hmm. then I realized that once I was really, once I realized that I thought my, my husband was more powerful than my husband, my husband was more powerful than God to save me or rescue me. It kind of became humorous. Yes, exactly. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like, seriously, mm -hmm. I think that he can... He can protect us and God can't. Mm -hmm. So I made a big difference for sure. I, th I think that's great because we don't even realize that we're putting our faith and our dependence in someone else until we laugh at it and realize, oh, you mean God is bigger than whatever it is, even our bank account 
or our retirement savings or a job. And the interesting thing about what's going on right now in our nation is people are going through tremendous losses. And so our prayers need to be that their their eyes are directed towards what really lasts anyway, which is eternity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the God of eternity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That they don't have to wait till they see him face to face. They can have that incredible relationship of peace and joy right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling my friend yesterday, my mentor, Lori, that I really feel the badge of honor right now should be peace. You know, if we're at peace and she goes, yeah, someone asked me how I was. And I said, spoiled rotten. (laughs) And we were talking about, we're looking over the ocean at Avila beach yesterday, but uh, uh, you know, the fact is that uh, we are spoiled rotten, but um, God loves us so much that he keeps pouring his peace into our lives, whether or not, Uh, physical things are taken away from us. Well, Susan, we need to close up right now. Is there any closing bits of wisdom that you wanted to share? You know, I just think that, I think that for any of us, once we realize that our legacy that we're leaving behind is bigger than what we see in our own little world, um, that we focus so much on our family. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Believe me, I did too. But, um, that 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 God has no limit to where he wants to use us. He has no limit to where he wants us to um, put our footprints more or less in the sand of other people's lives. And the um, <clears throat> it's just bigger than than us. It's bigger than us. What would you say to encourage uh, someone listening today who feels unused by God and wishes for that feeling of being used by God? I would say, first off, that they just need to ask him what he has and that if they are willing and flexible for them to understand he he wants that for us and i don't care if it's just writing a note of encouragement to somebody else um it's funny we're so used to social media that we forget that for somebody to get a note in the mail just say they're being thought of um that they can look at every day for unlimited time means so much to somebody else. If we're feeling unused by God, it's because we're not thinking outside our own selves. Mm -hmm. That's just my own thought. Mm -hmm. I I think that once you start thinking outside of God, use me, use me. If you say, God, show me what I can do. uh, There's no end to what God will show. Mm -hmm. One thing I've had to learn through the years too is that God doesn't weigh one gift against oh, another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. He yeah. wants us to be. He wants <clears throat> us to be about Him. Not just we've all done a great job of doing. Mm-hmm. We've all learned how to do, but um, it's it's also all about being for Him. When I was first married, a friend said, oh, I'm, I was kind of sad when you got married. And I go, why? And she said, well, because you always wanted to be a missionary. And I go, oh, well, being a missionary is no different when you're married and when you're not. I just, uh, I just happen to live in San Luis Obispo, suffering for the Lord. And so people here need him just as desperately as other places. And again, it's not, what, it's not what our role is. It's who we are in relationship to Christ. And I'm still learning that, Susan. I'm still learning that. 
And so am I, mm-hmm. so am I. And every day it gets better. Yeah. The more I learn about him, yeah. the better it gets. Yeah. I read yesterday in my devotion that uh, if we were in charge of our lives, we would have something to worry about. But since we're not, we better not worry. (laughs) So I guess I could go backwards. If I'm worried, that means I'm thinking I'm in charge. I taught a, I taught a Bible study (laughs) via zoom last week. We talked about being princesses, uh, God's princesses. And I said, this is not a Pollyanna thing. We've learned very well how to be responsible in our role as princesses we have not learned to live in our privilege as his children mm, and beautiful. Uh, i would say that uh, if you are struggling with what are you doing for god i would say learn how to live as his privileged child in his laughter in his love and his joy and his excitement that's beautiful and the legacy will come on its own yeah. It's like ministry is spillage. Legacy is spillage. If we're filled up with who we are in Christ, that will fall, fall uh, onto others, kind of like pixie dust and Absolutely. do a lot and do a lot more better work. Well, Susan, yes. thank, thank you so much. You've been a delight. And I hope thank we can talk again. Yes. Thank yes. you. Until thank next you. time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.